Dex is with us again. He is. He's talking. We're in a different room altogether. Because remember that leak last week? Oh, it got worse. It got a lot worse. Today's the first day of school in Fayette oh County. Gosh. Yeah. Sophie's been going for a whole week now. Soph went with us to drop Willow off today. And Willow didn't want me to get out of the car. But I did get out of the car and make her take a picture in front of the sign. And then she was like, okay, Mom, don't walk in with me. I was Aww. like... I had both my girls go out on the front porch and take a picture this morning, just so like they cute. were in first grade. And they were like, are you serious? There were so many people taking pictures on their porches as yeah. we were headed to take her. Because she is a little socialite. And she has to get there at 7.15 to eat breakfast with her friends. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, both of mine were like, last minute. We'll yeah. get there at the last minute. That's and so it'll f- be fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Hey, this is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. Not a parenting podcast. I'm Kara. <laughs> I'm Megan. And sometimes it is a parenting it is. podcast. Yeah. Sometimes it's a really, lot of things. Yeah. We're really all over the place. <laughs> we're moms. Doing it all. Um, hey, listen, we've gotten several sweet little gifts. Yes. At the, at the what's it called? P.O. Box. <laughs> uh, you guys know, going through some stuff in my life and moved into a new little house. And you guys have sent me some things. And it's just so nice. It makes me cry. It's so cute. Um, also... Everything makes me cry these days. It's just, it's good. It's healthy. We support it's like, crying. That's what we do. <laughs> I told a friend just as I got here, I'm like, I'm on the verge of tears, like pretty much all the time. Every second of Happy every tears, sad tears, angry that's tears. All just all any emotion possible. They're fine. Tears we are, are good. It's drawers. not a bad thing. <laughs> I'm all the seven doors. <laughs> Happy, sneezy, angry, all of them. Yeah. Doc. I'm, I'm Doc yeah. pretty often. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I just want to say thank you to all of you. And yeah, please don't take that, like, if you haven't sent me a gift. Do I'm not it. <laughs> I appreciate And even those of you who uh, are just, you know, sending messages and sending yeah, thoughts. Yeah, gotten so many sweet messages. Sweet things. Yeah. Funny jokes and memes. All of it. Yeah. I appreciate all of it. So, thank you. Okay. I have an episode. Do it. I'm excited. I tell you what. This is um, one of these is cases. Is it a doozy? It's a doozy. Mm-hmm. It's one of those stories that has been around the true crime world for years and years. Okay. Told on all the big true crime podcasts. And as you guys know, I usually avoid those here. Yeah. Because I feel like why tell a story that's been told a million times before? Let's share others that haven't been, right. they don't have the reach. Yeah. But it's also one that whenever it pops in my head, I have to stop and look it up and see if there's been any updates. Oh, yeah. Just in case you're like me and you kind of want to hear about it every year or so, here's your chance. Today, we're talking about the disappearance of Asia Degree. <gasps> oh. I know. I actually, I mean, again, I know this case. Yeah. But because I've never stopped and researched it myself, right. I've just always listened to other people's Yeah, and hear like little it. snippets from, yeah, articles and stuff. I don't think I realized just the depth of it. Yeah. And how much it's like Mara Murray. And I'm so obsessed with Mara Murray. Yes. Okay. It's been over 23 years since nine-year-old Asia packed her book bag and left her home in Shelby, North Carolina, in the early morning hours on Valentine's Day, 2000. It was raining heavily outside, and several people saw her walking in the wind and the rain along the side of the road as they drove by. One person even stopped and turned around and approached her, and she left the roadside and ran into the woods like they kind of freaked her out. So scary. So scary. No one has seen her since. Yeah. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. I can just picture her, a little nine-year-old girl wearing white pants and a white long-sleeve t-shirt and a backpack that you know was like as big as she was. Yeah. Walking in the dark in the rain along the side of the road. It's the middle of the night and you're driving down the road and you see this. You know that's not normal. Yeah. Like why? Why did not more than I don't that know. one person stop? I also wonder 
because it's the middle of the night, how many people saw her? Yeah. We'll get more into that. Listen, there's a bridge that goes up, like, on Keene towards, um, like, Nicholasville Road, and then you can cross over Harrisburg Road. It's always at night. Like, if I'm at the Mercantile or something working, there will be a human, child, adult, teen, whatever, walking on the bridge. And you're like, it's dark. What are you doing? You're going to get ran over. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever stops because they're walking. So, yeah, I don't know. It was like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's true. And it's a nine-year-old. Yeah, that's true. And she's wearing white pants and a white t-shirt. So so she was visible. Yeah. Her parents didn't realize she was missing until the next morning. They reported her missing. How would you? Like, you're sleeping. Right. Why would? Yeah. A search began that day, and some of her personal belongings were found around the area where she was last seen. A year and a half after that, her book bag, still packed, was found buried at a construction site along Highway 18, north of Shelby. At the spot on the highway where she ran into the woods, there's a billboard now that begs for help finding her. And every year, her family hosts a walk from their home to the billboard to help bring attention to her case. Oh my gosh. The general assumption is that Aisha had decided to run away, but there doesn't seem to be any explanation for why. Right. She wasn't a troubled kid. This wasn't a troubled family. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Valentine's Day is actually her parents' anniversary. Oh. I know. They were married on February 14th, 1988. They had a son, O'Brien, a year later, and Aisha was born a year after that, and Aisha and O'Brien were always very close. Mm. Um, at the time that Aisha disappeared, she and O'Brien actually shared a bedroom. Oh, oh wow. So he had, he didn't, what? Like alert the parents. Hey, she's, wow. He was asleep. Yeah. The Degree family lived in a rural area north of Shelby, which is on the western edge of the Charlotte metropolitan area in North Carolina. The kids were what we called latchkey kids back in the day, mm-hmm. although I don't feel like anyone uses that term. No, people anymore. are going to be like, <laughs> what's a latchkey kid? I mean, I was a latchkey kid for a while. It's where you came home from school and your parents weren't home from yeah. school yet. So yeah. you had to let your Always. self in. Yeah. That has to exist now. I'm sure. Right? It's like not everybody's parents are home when you get home from work. There has to, yeah. <laughs> but back then, you called them latchkey kids. So all that meant was when O'Brien and Aisha got home, their parents were still at work. And the expectation was by the time the parents got home from school. Schoolwork would be done. Chores yeah. would be done. If it wasn't already done, it should at least be started. Yeah. Right. So Aisha was really smart. She did well in school. And she was also really athletic. She was the star point guard on her school's basketball team. Ooh. The Little Bulldogs. Oh, I know. So, so cute. cute. She loved math and science, okay. and she wanted to study science at Winston-Salem University. Oh, wow. She dreamed of being a writer and an illustrator. Oh. And she was often chosen as student of the week in her class. How cute. There was no computer in the degree home because her parents already were smart enough to be like, we don't want any of that outside influence. We've heard too many awful stories about oh. kids meeting predators online, and so we're not going to oh have... God. A computer in the house. Oh, my God. Which makes it even more like, what happened here? Yeah. So, no internet in the house. Life revolved around family, church, and school. Aisha's mom described her as cautious, shy, and happy to follow the rules that her parents set for her. I mean, this is how my parents would have described me, too. Yeah. I was the same way. I didn't have any problem. Like, it's not like I never broke the rules, but for the most part, I was pretty much like, I'll just do what my parents 
tell me to do. Her mom said, I never would have thought she would go out of the house. Oh my gosh. And that's the whole thing. It's like, it, it does appear that Asia chose to, to do leave. It. Yeah. And that's the most puzzling part. The second week of February 2000, the school system Asia went to was having a three-day weekend. Schools were closed on Friday, February 11th, and Asia's parents still had to work. So Asia and her brother went to their aunt's house, and then they had basketball practice at their school. The next day on Saturday, Asia's basketball team lost its very first game of the season. Uh-huh. And now remember, Asia was a star point guard. Mm-hmm. She fouled out that game. <gasps> oh. She was really upset they lost, like really upset. Because she couldn't be a part of it because yeah. she fouled out. And yeah. I think she felt kind of responsible. Yeah. Like, if I'd been able to play, oh, we would have won. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're the star point right? Probably. yeah. But then she got over it and watched her brother play in his game afterward and was fine. And I'm bringing that up because sometimes when people talk about her reasons for running away, they bring up this basketball game and they talk about how upset she was, which seems a little ridiculous. But also, she's a nine-year-old. She's nine, nine, so that could be all in her brain. One time, Willow, when she was four, told me that she was moving out, literally packed a backpack, told me she was moving out to go to live with my sister because they had better snacks. <laughs> like, was legit about to walk out of the door. Better snacks. So then on Sunday, February 13th, the kids went to church and then came home. And around 8 o'clock that night, they went to bed. Aisha and her brothers shared a room, like I said. So about an hour after they went to bed, this is a little fuzzy. It could be that this happened before they went to bed. It's okay. not super important, but there was a car accident nearby, which caused a power outage in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The power came back on around 1230 at night. And so Aisha's dad peeked his head in to check on his kids when the power came back on. And he saw both of them asleep in their beds. He went to sleep around 2.30 in the morning. He checked on them again just before going to bed. And again, he sees them both in their beds at 2.30 in the morning. So we know that a couple times throughout the night, he checked on them. They were both asleep in their beds, right? Yeah. O'Brien, that's her brother, said that when his dad checked on them this last time, he heard his sister's bed squeak. But he just thought, well, she's like rolling over or whatever. And it didn't really like, he didn't like wake up or anything. He just like registered it and went back to sleep, Yeah, you know? But police think that this is when Aisha got up, got her book bag, and left the house. Um, so, like she was laying there waiting. Yes. So she had already packed her book bag with several sets of clothes and personal items. Huh. So this had been planned. Yeah. And I guess this means that she had laid there awake, waiting for her dad to go to sleep. So when her dad checked on them at 1230, how did she know then? That Mm -hmm. that wasn't the last time her dad was going to check on her. Yeah. What made her wait until 2.30? Yeah. And she's not. Unless she hesitated. Or unless she, like, really knew he may not be asleep yet. I'm just thinking at nine years old, it's pretty impressive to be able to lay awake like that. Right. Without falling asleep. at any age. Yeah. To lay in your bed. But I guess she was so anxious, Maybe. Maybe. And also, like, if she, what if she was going to meet someone and she was supposed to meet them that first time, but she hesitated because dad was still awake? And what if she's just wandering the street at that point? I don't know. I don't know. So a truck driver and another passing motorist saw her walking south along Highway 19 between 345 and 415 in the morning. They reported this to police after seeing a TV report about her disappearance. The motorist said he'd turned his car around when he'd seen her and circled three times and saw Aisha run into the woods and disappear. The sheriff said, we're pretty sure it was her because the descriptions they gave match with what 
she kn- what we know she was wearing. Okay. And because they saw her at the same place, heading in the same direction. Okay. But there's a part of me that's like, they didn't report it to police until they heard about her disappearance. Right. Why didn't they call police? There's a child on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at nine years old, you look like a child. And what was reported? Like, what report did they hear Yeah. before they told police? Did they right. know what she was wearing before oh, they reported yeah, what she yeah. saw? Or did they... Yeah. Are we a thousand percent sure? That was her. Yeah. I mean, are we a thousand percent sure that she was seen on the side of the highway at all? Right. I feel like at this point that can't possibly be in question. Surely that's been sorted out in 20 years. Yeah. But I can't help but wonder, (laughs) I guess. Because what if somebody just saw a very petite woman walking on the side of the road? Yeah, that's true. But... Again. Yeah, at 4 a.m., you're tired. 20 years. Somebody surely Yeah, what if somebody just was, like, out there waiting on her? Anyway, back to the morning she disappeared. When her mother woke up at 5.45, she went to wake up her two children. O'Brien was in his bed. Aisha was not. Her mother searched the house and the family cars, and she told her husband, I can't find Aisha. And he was like, Dex, quit. You're okay, bud. O'Brien was in his bed. Aisha was not. Her mother searched the house and the family cars, and she told her husband, I can't find Aisha. And he was like, maybe she went to my mom's house because his mom lived across the street. Huh. Maybe Aisha got up and went over there. So her mom called over there, and Aisha wasn't there, so that's when they called the police. The first police officer arrived at 6.40 in the morning. Police dogs called to the scene, couldn't pick up Aisha's scent going anywhere. Oh, I don't know and if that's because of the was, storm. Oh, yeah, yeah, You I know, like maybe that, that I was going to say, you'd think if she was wandering the road, they'd pick up something. I know. Aisha's mother went off of the neighborhood calling her daughter's name. Basically everyone, friends, family, neighbors, church members, the pastor, they all either helped search or they came over to offer moral support and they stayed yeah. all day. At the end of the day, they found nothing helpful. All they had were the two reports from the truck driver and the motorist who said they'd seen a child walking along the side of the road. Hmm. So, that's what I don't know, is, like, are those the only two people who saw her walking? Right. Because those are the only two I read about. But then these, like, when you read about the story, it's like several people People saw saw her walking. But it's like, well, these are the two police reports. So, nobody else. But it's also 345 in the morning. I don't know how busy of a highway this is. Yeah. And maybe those other people didn't have enough detail to create it as a police report. Like, yeah, we saw somebody walking. Right. I I don't know. know. Yeah. So the next day, February 15th, candy wrappers were found in a shed at a nearby business along the highway near where Aisha had been seen running into the woods. They also found a pencil, a green marker, and a yellow hair bow along with the candy wrapper, and those things were identified as belonging to Aisha. Okay. The candy wrappers were from candy that had been given to her basketball team on the Saturday before. Mm. Also found with those things was a photograph of a young black girl around Aisha's age who has yet to be identified. Oh. It was the only trace of her found during the initial search. Oddly, bloodhounds did not pick up Aisha's scent inside that shed. Which part of me is like, so were those things planted there? Like Mm -hmm. when they know where she was last seen, did someone just go put those things in that shed? I don't know. Yeah. Because the family who like owned the business where this shed was found had dogs. And they said that their dogs would bark anytime that there were strangers nearby. And their dogs never barked. Hmm. So that's kind of curious. Yeah. 
I did want to say something about that photograph thing. Like, who is that photograph? They said they published it. They put it out everywhere. No one ever came forward. There was some theory that's like, did Aisha leave that photograph? Did she think that's who she was meeting? Was she, did she leave thinking she was going to meet this little girl? Or did someone take her? Is this like a human? I hate thinking about it, but like a human trafficking thing. Did Aisha resemble the little girl in the photograph? Mm -hmm. Was the person who took Aisha looking for little girls who looked like this photograph? Yeah. Or is it another little girl taken by the person who yeah. took Asia? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it some kind of ring? Yeah. And it's just another girl in the ring. Yeah. I can't. Ugh. No, that's horrible. A week later, the search was called off. 9,000 man hours had been invested. The two to three mile radius of where she had last been seen had been searched. Flyers had been posted all over the area and 300 leads had been submitted, ranging from possible sightings to tips about abandoned houses and wells where she might have ended up. The sheriff said, we've never really had that first good substantial lead. Both the FBI and the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation put Asia on their database of missing children. Investigators worked with Asia's mother to figure out what was missing, like from Asia's clothing and belongings in her room. Okay. And then based on that, they figured out what Aisha had packed to take with her, and that made them believe that she had planned and prepared to leave for several days oh leading up to her disappearance. And she's not your typical runaway. Most children right. who run away are at least 12 years old. Aisha was nine. And there's also the lack of an issue she might have been running away from, like a dysfunctional family mm-hmm. or poor academic performance. But basically, they can't come up with anything else right. <laughs> besides... She's a runaway. So they think she was running away and then something happened to her. Like she was running away and then she either got abducted. Yeah. Or what? So that's where it's like Maura Murray. It looks like she had planned to run away and then something went wrong. Right. But none of it makes sense. Right. Because why would she plan to run away? I just like in my head, this is like stranger danger PTSD. But like what if there was a new member of the congregation at church and they said that they had kids or something and you know how like parents back then they'd let us freely wander and talk to whoever we wanted at church or mm-hmm. at ball games trust the wrong yeah so like did something like that happen and they just became friends with her and like convinced her to leave or same like were they at the ball games and stuff just watching her and convinced her to leave or like how did she just think okay this is a good idea the other thing about running away this is a kid who was described as being cautious and fearful. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. They said she was afraid of strangers, afraid of the dark. It's already a little weird that she's running away in the middle of the night when it's dark yeah. and scary, but it's Wandering also the street. It's dark and scary and storming. Mm-hmm. Like wind and rain. Yeah. One of those drivers who reported seeing her said a storm was raging at the time that he saw her. Oh my gosh. It makes it sound like she was determined to leave. It had to be yeah. that night. It had yeah. to be then. Well, it's Why? Like- What's that movie we watched, that documentary watch party we had, where the guy close to the family, like, convinces the kid it's aliens and that her family's going to die if she doesn't do what he tells her to. And when you're nine, you'll believe all sorts of things. Yeah. Who knows what she could have been told. So, like I said, a year after she disappeared, her book bag was found. It was discovered during a construction project off of Highway 18 in Burke County, about 26 miles north of Shelby. It was wrapped in a plastic bag. So somebody, and it's been said it was buried. I can't find out for sure mm-hmm. if that's true or not. But it had been wrapped in a plastic bag. So somebody did that. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not like she just dropped it. Yeah. And it got buried over time. Mm -hmm. It had Aisha's name and phone number in the bag. The FBI took it for further forensic analysis, and those results have not been shared publicly. That's the last evidence that's been found, and that was 22 years ago. I was going to say it's been over 20 years. That's insane. In May of 2016, a possible new lead turned up. Aisha may have been seen getting into a dark green early 1970s Lincoln Continental or possibly a Ford Thunderbird of the same era along Route 18 near where she was last seen. Oh, my gosh. The car was described as having rust around its wheel wells. On the 20th anniversary of Aisha's disappearance, the FBI confirmed the following contents of the book bag. I don't know if these were the only things in the bag, but I know that these were in there. Okay. Jeans with red stripes down the side. These were Aisha's favorite pair. Oh, I remember jeans like that. Long sleeve white nylon shirt. Red vest with black trim. Black overalls with Tweety Bird on them. (laughs) Black and white long sleeve shirt. Lime green Tweety Bird purse. Black shoes, Aisha's wallet, a copy of McElligot's Pool by Dr. Seuss McElligot's Pool, a Nuke is on the Block t-shirt, her basketball uniform, three family photos, Mm. which she thought to pack those, which makes me sad. That's really sad. Um, And her house key. Her parents say that the New Kids on the Block t-shirt didn't belong to her, and the Dr. Seuss book came from the library of her elementary school, but it couldn't be confirmed if it was checked out by Aisha or not, because... They don't have the checkout records that go that far back. Okay, gotcha. Those two items had been brought up before in 2018. The Cleveland County Sheriff's Office had appealed for information from the public about those two items specifically, Mm -hmm. saying they were vital clues. So now that we know that they were the only two items in Aisha's book bag that didn't belong to her, I get why they're considered vital clues. Yeah. I expect that she could have checked out that book from the library and maybe the shirt belonged to a friend yeah, or like a friend of one of her cousins because she had spent the night at her cousins the weekend before oh, she disappeared. And they were like, hey, this doesn't fit me anymore. Here you go. Or she just picked it up accidentally. Yeah, that's true. Or if um, they were like at the ball game and she was changing into her clothes and was with friends, she may have just grabbed it in a pile right. of clothes. Yeah. But who knows? And you don't want to assume things. You want to verify. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she had to have packed it, like repacked her bags. I don't know. Right. She just really liked that shirt. Yeah. In November of 2020, an inmate named Marcus Mellon, who was convicted of sex crimes against children in 2014, Mm. wrote a letter to the Shelby Star claiming Aisha was murdered and that he knew where to find her. Police investigated this lead and it went nowhere. They think he was just trying to get a plea deal in a different case by offering this information. So, theories. One, we've already said she ran away but was intercepted Mm -hmm. somehow. Two, she was lured away. Mm-hmm. This one means she was abducted by a predator who first groomed her and then convinced her to leave her home and meet her somewhere. We know this happens far more often than mm-hmm. I want to talk about, but who and how? Yeah. She didn't have a computer in her home and having her meet him by leaving in the middle of the night and just like walking down the road. I don't know. Yeah. And also, it seems like the time of her leaving would have been some sort of moving target. So she was right. just waiting for whatever time her dad right. went to bed. Yeah. So how was she going to communicate with whoever was yeah. her? I don't know. And again, just the idea is someone groomed her and convinced her to leave her home and walk along the highway in order to be picked up. Mm-hmm. Three, she left to meet a friend. But like the runaway theory, she was intercepted somehow. Yeah. Four is that she was sleepwalking. But I feel like that one's pretty easily... Yeah, because she her bag had been packed, and yeah, she and she didn't pack it specifically while sleeping. Right, yeah, right. Her brother would have seen her. He would have heard it. In 2020, her mother said, "After 20 years, I still believe my daughter is alive." 
I do not believe she is dead, and I know someone knows something. I'm not crazy enough to think that a nine-year-old can disappear into thin air without somebody knowing something. Right. I mean, there's no way. No. There is currently a $45,000 reward for any information leading to the whereabouts of Asia Degree. If you have any information, you can call 704-672-6100. And I'll put that number in the show notes, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's just one of those that, like, I hope people talk about more and that it gets solved, like, randomly. But, like, either the person who did it could not, it could be dead. Yeah. Or in prison already. Right. But you would think that, like, they would continue to test the evidence that they have. I I don't think they have any evidence. Like, the backpack and stuff? Like, I guess. Well, they did say that it had been forensically analyzed, but I don't know if there's anything on it. Yeah, that's true. Or even, like, the candy wrappers, the picture, any of it. I don't know if there's anything there. Right. Ugh. It is the weirdest story. It's so scary. Why would a little girl like that get up out of her bed? Disappear. It would be as unlikely as, I mean, I keep thinking about myself at her age. I would never have gotten up out of my bed at 3 o'clock in the morning and left my house. I would have been terrified. Yeah. Unless you're more terrified of what's going to happen if you don't. Oh, right. Yeah, I guess so. I hadn't thought about the possibility of them like threatening her in some way. Yeah. If you if they made her believe if you don't do this, something yeah. worse will happen. Yeah. That's so scary and so awful. People yeah. are so awful. People are horrible. Like that's just so sad for her family to still be like she's alive out there somewhere. And I hope she is. She's not. Hmm. If she is, I'd be afraid that she's been kept in some really horrible, horrible situation. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so scary. Yeah. Willow's nine. Yeah. She would never. Like, she during the day, she probably would sneak out her window just to see what it feels like to go in the backyard. And, <laughs> yeah. But she would never go wandering. And this just doesn't seem like a kid who would either from everything no. that I read about her. No. No, that's so scary. But the fact that her family does that walk every year and does what they the can billboard. to keep it in the news. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that there's a, four, did you say $45,000? $47,000. dollars reward and no one. They also, they used to do that walk on Valentine's Day every year. And then they changed it because they said they didn't want Valentine's Day to be like oh. tainted for everybody. Oh. And it's their anniversary. Yeah. So sad. Ugh. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. I hope just comes If up. you've never heard of Asia Degree, now you know. Yeah. And, you know, just share it. Tell people about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.